One of my money blocks was I used to think that I needed to have a husband in order to be able to buy a house and in order for me to go on holidays and to be able to be happy, you know, I thought I had to have a husband. So I went on a hunt for a husband. Welcome to Blank Converse to a Masterpiece podcast with your host, Sandra Kaima. Hi, my name is Sandra Keimer and I am a speaker, an author, and I have coached over a thousand people. I have won the Transformation and Innovation Award and I've also been a nominee for Changing Futures. I'm a law graduate. I have two children, two beautiful children. And I am a high achiever. I love to achieve, right? Dr. Miles Monroe stated that the graveyard is one of the richest places on the planet of the earth. Because there you'll find pieces that have never been acted. There you'll find music that has never been sung. There you'll find books that have never been published. And there you'll find ideas that have never been realized. I believe that we all have the resources to fulfill our full potential in life. I used to think that success was about having a great job that paid well until I found myself sitting in the staff car park, holding onto my steering wheel, shaking and crying uncontrollably because my body didn't want to go back into work. I had been bullied. I had been put on a performance improvement plan, not once, but twice. The first time, it was new to me. The second time, it sparkled something inside of me. After avoiding going into the canteen at work, I finally decided to go into the canteen because it was really, really cold. I decided to join my co-workers in the canteen and I overheard some of them talking about being on PIP themselves and going to speak to the union representative. So I decided to go speak to the union representative. Whilst I was sitting down, speaking to the union representative, my supervisor walked past. In fear, I quickly ran to my desk. He immediately came up to me and told me that I was no longer on performance improvement plan. That reiterated to me that I had been bullied. In that moment, I realized that I had no savings for myself Mm -hmm. and I had no savings for my daughter. I had allowed someone to have power over my livelihood. I also realized that success was not about having a great job that paid well. Success was about having freedom of choice. So I went on my savings journey 
and with support from my family, I bought my first home. And I also managed to publish my father's books when he died. I never want anyone to be in the staff car park shaking and crying because they've been bullied. And I never, ever want anyone to be financially unprepared. So I devised the Financial Empowerment Program. The Financial Empowerment Program has six principles. Principle number one, empower in earning. Because we all want to earn more money and we all have the capabilities to do so. Principle number two, the power in spending. Because we all want to be able to buy the finer things in life. We all want nice things, right? And principle number three, empower in overcoming money blocks. One of my money blocks was I used to think that I needed to have a husband in order to be able to buy a house and in order for me to go on holidays and to be able to be happy. You know, I thought I had to have a husband. So I went on a hunt for a husband. So I went out with these guys and, you know, like one of the guys, I think six months in the relationship, I turned around and asked him whether it would be great if we, you know, started saving for a house together. And he turned around and said to me, actually, you can do it on your own. As you can imagine, that relationship didn't last very long. We both went our separate ways. And that's when I put myself together and I bought my own home by myself without a partner. And I'm not saying don't go out and look for a husband. I'm saying that in that process of trying to find the one, the prince, you can also empower yourself to be able to buy your own home, take yourself on holiday and have fun and be happy on your own. Principle number four, the power in savings. Because we want to be able to have money put aside in order for us to be able to take advantage of new opportunities when they come. Principle number five, the power in investments. We want the knowledge and discipline to be able to make our own decisions. And principle number six, the power in giving. You want to be able to have a filled cup, a cup that's so full that you're able to give to other people. So you want to be able to give with a filled cup, with a filled cup and be able to give and not be taken advantage of. If you want to know more about the principles, you can buy my book. It's called The Fulfilled Legacy, How to Overcome Money, Lies and Have Financial Freedom. It's on Amazon and Sandra Keimer, of course. <laughs> or you can check me out on um, Sandra Keimer and um, I can have that conversation with you. Let me know in the comments which principle actually resonates with you, which principle you'd want to work on and which principle you think, OK, you know what, I've got this. All right. On top of everything else that I have today, I wanted to talk about the signs that you know that bullying is taking place. Okay, so some people are being bullied right now. Some people are going through it. Some people are not going through it. Some people have already been through it. From my own 
my own experience, these are the signs that you know, okay, something's happening here. Something that's not right. Sign number one, being overworked. When you have a work overload compared to your peers, all of a sudden you have to deal with more clients, more than your own peers compared to what your peers have been given. You seem like you have more projects on than other people compared to your co-workers in itself, or you have given difficult assignments than other people. Sometimes you may not even have time to question that because you're so overloaded with the work, you don't even have a minute or moment to breathe, to think, oh, do I have more work than other people? Or am I being given too much work compared to other people or to compared to my peers clue number two isolation you will be isolated and how you'll be isolated is that the person the leader of the of the community or whatever situation you're in might actually say hello to other people and ignore you in front of other people and other people will see it or they will come in and say hello to you but in a in a more of a yeah, hi. Mm, I notice you're there. And other people, they'll be like, oh, hi, how are you? Like, they'll give, they'll be more giving to other people, more smiling and more tender to other people. But with you, they will do the opposite. You you notice that change. And, you will, and other people probably would note it too, but they might not say anything. Another thing that you would notice, you might be giving measurements or objectives or what they might call targets, whatever they want to call it, which are unattainable. If you feel or if you see that something is really not attainable, that it, it doesn't help your mental health, it doesn't sound possible. Don't get me wrong. You might be given targets and uh, measurements that are achievable. You might be given targets, measurements or goals that are realistic to any other human being. You know your mental health will be going down, you'll be overstressed, and everybody else around you will be like, Are you sure you can meet these measurements? Right? Sometimes you're given targets and achievements and goals that are, uh, that are achievable, but you're not given the tools to be able to achieve those targets. That's another clue that something is not quite right. And if you're like a leader and you're like, oh, you know, I feel uncomfortable in my situation compared to my peers. If you look around, you're probably managing 20 people and all of them have underlying issues that you will spend more time with those issues than you would spend on the work itself. Whilst your peers would actually have staff members that are, I would say, easier to manage, that don't have too many underlying issues to deal with or personal issues to deal with. Like your peer will be given staff members that will do the job quickly. They don't have any other issues. And then you'd have other staff members that have so many issues that you are constantly with HR <laughs> than anywhere else. And the work isn't actually being done, but you're dealing with more personal issues on a regular basis. The, the playing field doesn't seem balanced. That's adding extra stress on yourself, extra stress on other staff members, extra stress and time and energy spent on actually solving issues rather than actually working and being productive that's another sign that mm, somebody's being bullied somewhere along the line okay um if you agree with me let me know if you don't agree with me or if you have other signs then please let me know in the comments below It'd be great to hear um, any more signs so that, you know, other people can actually watch out for them when you're being bullied or when you're in that situation. 
you will notice your physical and your mental well-being will be affected. Whether you like to admit it or not, in my experience, that these are the things that I would say you should watch out for. One of them is that you may not sleep at night properly. That could be a sign of stress and that things are not quite right. Another sign, if you had my story, you'd hear that I said that I was shaking uncontrollably when I was in the car park. Shaking is not my thing. <laughs> I'm telling you now. I I have like nerves. I get nervous and, and I shiver, but I don't shake like this. So that to me was a clue that physically this thing that's happening is affecting me and it's affecting me physically and it's wrong and it shouldn't be happening. And you may get that, that those shakes and you may not be able to explain them, but you know that things are not quite right. You may notice that your mood might change. So for example, when you come home, you'll be more snappy, you'll be more less understanding. If you ever find your friend who used to be bubbly, who used to be, oh, like, you know, like upbeat, all of a sudden is not upbeat. Those are signs that something isn't quite right. What other signs could you watch out for? Let me think. Your body being heavy, your shoulders being heavy. Like all of a sudden, you you know, you used to walk straight with your body up like this. And all of a sudden, you just like... I remember one time I saw this guy being bullied and I swear down, his, his shoulders went in when he started walking. And I was like, oh my God, that's a sign. And I did speak to him and I said to him, you know, I, I could see that things are not well. And he said, there's nothing I can do about it. I said, yes, you can. You can speak to someone. He said, there's nothing I can do about it. One thing I think that helped me and saved me <laughs> from my soul is I spoke about it. I literally talked to someone about it. I mentioned it to people. Probably, maybe not people in work, but I did mention it. I said something about it and that helped me. That helped me realize that I wasn't going crazy and that I wasn't making things up. If you are feeling that you're being bullied or you're feeling that things are not right, please talk about it. Talk about it to someone. You'll get your answers. You'll get your responses. You may get negative responses, but that's fine. Then move on to talk to someone else. All right. I uh, hope I've helped. Something else I wanted to say that things are not right is that you will start becoming paranoid you might people will talk about something or someone will say something and you'll jump like you'll be like <laughs> like oh my god it, what did they say was that about me or did I not do that properly so watch out for being paranoid and if you're not usually paranoid you know that's not your character I'm a believer that people know themselves you know yourself you know how you behave you know how you are you know when things are not right Remember, just take time out. Some way of the confronting it is take just moving out that environment for a minute, for two minutes, taking time out and just saying, look, I need to analyze the situation. Just, you know, just take yourself away and look outside. Go and do something else for a minute and see what happens. I was talking to my daughter, my eight-year-old, about bullying. And, and I was telling her a story about a friend of mine that I know who was bullied in school. The lady that bullied her came up to her like 10 years later and apologized and said, I'm really, really sorry that I bullied you. My eight-year-old daughter said, it's like getting a plate and then smashing it on the floor and then saying sorry. The problem with that plate is that when you try to fix it, the pieces can't don't fix very well properly together. 
saying sorry is like you're trying to fix what happened. But once the damage is done, it's done. People can get therapy for it. You can overcome your situations. You can overcome stuff, but it takes hard work. It takes, sometimes it takes therapy. Anyone who's bullying anyone out there, just remember sometimes that, that when the damage is done, it's done. Saying sorry cannot repair the damage that you've done. If you have not already subscribed to this podcast, subscribe today so that you can be the first to get practical tips that can encourage you to embrace your full potential, helping you stay committed to your vision. And don't forget to share this episode and bless someone. This is Sandra wishing you tremendous wealth and a healthy lifestyle.